All right, well, good morning, Shore. So good to have you today. Uh, as Sean mentioned, we are starting a new series, Tight Knot. Uh, this is going to be a series on marriage. Let me just get right out uh, and tell you what this series is and, and what this series uh, is not. So um, really, my heart behind this series and my hope in, in this time is to preach a, a four-week sermon series uh, for, for the 911 marriages. So, so, so what I want to do in these next four weeks is I want to give the Shore Church, I want to give uh, my best uh, to those marriages that feel, uh, you know when you get into that loop, you know every, every marriage has that cycle where you know it's fine and you're coasting and, and things seem to be okay and then all of a sudden it's just these, these small issues start curling up and then all of a sudden that deep pain, that anger, that anxiety hits and then all of a sudden it just happens, right? The grenades involved in that loop and it's like this is never going to change and you don't do this and, and we, we all have it. We all have the loop. My, my hope in this series is to enter into those difficult places marriages find themselves in, where, where one spouse goes, I can't believe uh, this is happening. Where, where, where spouses go, is this what I signed up for? Um, is this what I'm stuck in? I, I, want to, um, I want to enter into those marriages that are 911 in this marriage series. So, so uh, what, this marriage, what, what this series is not, um, it's not going to be a series explaining, you know, the theological blocks that make up a marriage, or um, it's not going to be a series about roles uh, and, and, you know, husbands and wives and what the roles are. There's a lot of great resources on all that. I, you know, I can send you that stuff. I want to enter in with you in the most difficult places you find yourself in, in, in the hard places of the soul. I want to go there with Jesus with you. Um, so, so let me say this, there's going to be Sundays where uh, you'll get triggered. You, you'll feel something in you and there'll be anxiety. And I just want you to know that's okay. Trust that Jesus is with you in that. There, there will also be Sundays where you will feel, listen, incredible hope. And I hope today is one of them. You'll feel this hope. You'll feel this life and you're going to be scared of the hope because you've had the hope. You've, you've been in those cycles and you're like, we had hope, it crushed, nothing changed. And the enemy will come in and, and, and he will try to steal, kill, and destroy uh, that hope and you've got to fight for it. And, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, there's also going to be times in this series where you will be filled with so much love in a way you will feel undone and, and you'll be even asking at times, is it okay to feel this loved? And I'm excited for you in that. And, and so um, let, let me say this, if you're um, unmarried and, and you're thinking right away right now, um, oh man, here we go, here's another you know, marriage series in a church and, and uh, oh, my marriage is, is bad. Uh, try being alone. Man, if that's you, look, the, the Father's heart for you will be explosively powerful in this series. Here's why. Every relationship must have connection as its goal. And if healthy marriages happen when you have healthy people, we're, we're, we're going to look a lot at the stuff that's not working for you. Meaning, if, even if you're not married and you've got relationships 
and you see a pattern of, hey, man, this isn't working for me, this, you know, there's chances are the Father wants to do some healing in that. And so here's what I want to say before we we get into it. Um, uh, The University of Arizona, they did this, uh, you know, really unique uh, experiment. They they built this biodome. It's like they spent millions of dollars building this in enclosed uh, space. They they built it. It had no wind. Um, And so, you know, they, they grew up uh, they, they planted all these trees, and, and in the first year, these trees were just growing up, and then what would happen is, bam, they would just fall over. These trees would, would just collapse, and so, you know, all the scientists and all the people in the university are like, what's going on with these trees? This biodome is huge. It should have enough of all the nutrients it needs, and so they're checking the soil counts. They're trying to figure out why do these trees keep falling down, and, and then one scientist goes, uh, there's no wind it turns out when a tree has no wind, it doesn't grow. Well, you know, it grows, but it falls over because it has no re- roots. In fact, in order for a tree to be healthy, it has to be pushed around. And so in this series, I want us to think like this. It, it's going to get windy. Um, if your marriage is 911, and I want to assume that in this marriage series, I want to give you a series that you can go to when it's 911 so you can start there. Uh, the wind is going to be howling like it was yesterday. And that's okay. Because God is digging some roots, all right? So let me pray. Let me say, I have so much hope. For our series, just, you know, the elders of our church right now, I don't know if you're going to listen to it now or maybe a few years from now, but uh, we're, we're fasting every day for our marriages. And, and so, so, sure, this is a really big thing God's doing in the kingdom of heaven in our church. There's going to be a lot of healing. There's going to be a lot of mir- miraculous moments. Uh, you're you're going to be driving, and, and, and the Father's going to come sit next to you and then share some things with you because of what was unlocked in this series. So I just want to tell you that. Um, so, so let me pray, and then, then we'll get into, into Sermon 1. So yeah, Father, I just ask now that you would just put your hands over all the ears that will be listening to this sermon would you bless them now with ears to hear? Ears to hear. Ears to their souls. I pray, Lord, just no distractions would enter in. And the Holy Spirit, you would now come and just fill me. And as we read your word as we connect with your purpose for marriage, as we take a look at what's happening in the loop of our own stuff, would we feel that your love is entering in with us? For the first time, I pray we wouldn't feel scared or condemned, but that the spirit that you gave us of power, love, and self-control would be so full right now that as we listen, we would feel ownership happening. We would feel hope. We would feel what this passage, where, where you want to go this morning, we'd feel it. 
It wouldn't just be information out here. We would feel it inside our inner beings. And that can only happen as Holy Spirit, you commune with us. So come now and commune as I teach this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so, so um, this whole series is going to be planted in, and we're going to be pulling out continuously one chapter in the Bible. There's lots of places we'll go, but the main text for our whole series is Colossians chapter 3. Uh, and so for, for just uh, today, we're going to pick it up a little bit later in verses 12. So let me, let me read our passage, and then, um, then we'll get into it. So here, here's what it says. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Jesus rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called into one body and be thankful. Let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. I want you to notice right away how our connection with others flows from our receiving from God. Okay, did you notice that? That our connection with others flows from our receiving from God. Put, then, put on then as God's chosen ones, as Christ has forgiven you. If you go to uh, the first verse in Colossians 3, it's like you've been raised with Christ. It was like connection with others flows from receiving from God. Notice as well in this passage that these godly attributes that we see are not just, they're not just actions, okay? So you're not like, you know, do this, do this, do this. They're, 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 they're uh, goals. They're, they're uh, purpose. Underneath an action is a have this way of thinking, have this purpose in your relationships. And what is the purpose in this passage? Well, it's connection. He's like, be these things as you seek to understand people and as you seek to worship me and gather together. So, so, so how does this help? It, I thought we were talking about tighten the knot and, and uh, you know, getting stronger in our, in our marriages. Well, let me say it this way. Whether it's a marriage relationship or a deep friendship, we were designed to have our needs met through relationships with people we don't control. One of the most important truths I'm, we're gonna to commit to emphasizing over and over again in this series is that we were created in the image of a relationship. We are created in and from a trinity of connection and love so, so what if I believe, because by the way, there's no verses and uh, there's no like, you know, uh, paragraph breaks until the 13th century. So this is one letter. So you got to watch this. Paul is saying from the gospel flows this kind of grid of relational life. And the first relationship he applies that to is marriage. 
So, so follow me here. What if I believed that and I also applied this to my marriage? So, so what if married couples, you know, instead of you applying it to some church out there or some relationship you have with your coworker, you looked inside your home and what if, okay, what if uh, it, it was this, hey James, since you have been divinely chosen, you're fully loved by me. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand Nikki. Nikki's my wife. And, and be compassionate with Nikki, showing kindness towards Nikki. Be gentle to Nikki and humble, unoffendable. It just in your patience with her, I love her so much. And if you find fault with Nikki, release your forgiveness as I've forgiven you. And above all, James, above all, keep your love on. Put love on. Put, put on love. So here, here's a news flash. Every married couple, every relationship, unmarried, um, we all have the loop. Okay, we all know what we're talking about. We all have the cycle, you know, that, that, that stuff's fine for a while and then it hits that cycle where something just blows up and then all of a sudden the pain and, 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 the, and the, the stuff just happens again and nothing changes and, and how come you never do this and st- depression starts kicking in and anger and, and someone goes out of the door in this loop of the same stuff and, and nothing changes and unless this changes and, and you're the issue and, and you're why I'm unhealthy. Right, you just feel this, it's the, you're the problem. If you could just, you're why I'm angry. You, it's your fault, right? And we just, the boom, 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 boom. Grenades go, your kids run for shelter. We all know, we, everyone's like, oh my, is, does he have cameras in my house? No, because you're not alone. That's called the loop. And, and, and no one in the, in the explosions is going, you know what, hey, I wonder if I'm contributing to some of this, right? We don't. We're like, you know, if I can just fix you. So let me tell you what's missing. Let me tell you what's missing in your marriage. Again, it's 911, okay? So if, you're, if you haven't had a loop in a while, you're like, uh, let's watch something else. No, 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 it'll come. Um, so, so there's one thing that's not happening when you're in the loop. You know what it is? I can tell you right now. There's something missing. Um, and you're probably going to guess, oh, love, grace, what it, no, you, I can tell you right away what it is. You have the wrong purpose. You have the wrong purpose. Like if I, if I came into the 911 and, and there was like, you know, explosion everywhere and, and you were like, call the pastor, we need help. Uh, okay, I'll text him. And I come over, um, and I'm in your living room. What if I asked you this question, what is the goal of your marriage right now? What, and I would just ask you that. And, you know, you would probably like, okay, pastor's here, I got to give him the right answer. It's like, no, no, no. Don't give me, the, don't give me the, what you grew up in church answer. I'm asking you, what's functionally the purpose in your marriage? What would you say? Uh, I've been in ministry for 17 years, so let me tell you what I've heard. Um, Peace. I just want peace. I'm just so tired, I can't do this. I just need peace, the purpose is peace. Yeah, well if you didn't, no, 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 no. Okay, so peace, what else? 
you know, it's usually the guy who's like, uh, I, I want to have happy kids. That's my purpose. Happy children who, who become successful. All right. You know, sometimes you'll hear, to be happy, that's, my, that's our purpose. Hmm, how's that going? Okay. You know, you'll, you'll hear, it would, be, it would be nice to just talk once in a while or just feel heard. That's when it gets raw, that's good. Um, some, some marriages will say, uh, I don't have one anymore, I'm actually done. Um, you know what? You know what? My marriage. My purpose is just to survive. Look, you're not alone. Like you have. To, listen. You do not feel bad right now. Don't feel bad. You cannot feel bad because you're not the only ones there, and and you have to see in this moment where you currently are. You can't get anywhere if you don't if you don't see where you currently are. Listen. Let me say it this way. Most marriages, and you got to stay with me here. I don't know what just distracted you because the lights distracted me. But listen, most marriages have two goals. Subconsciously, just, just go with me. You have, you have two subconscious goals, connection or disconnection. Uh, you could also use the word safe distance to borrow from one. You, would, you wouldn't vocalize it. But, but here's what's happening if your goal is disconnection. If your goal is disconnection, you will functionally in your marriage be kind of operating with the, uh, the grid. How much distance do I need to feel safe around this person? How much distance do I need to have to feel safe? How much of me time? But, but, but listen, um, Yes, you know, there's so much truth out there, like, oh, I, well, I need to fill my tank, and da 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 um, But I'm just pointing out the obvious. Your goal in your marriage is disconnection. If you're living in a grid of how much safe distance can I create with my spouse so that we don't get to the loop, and that's your normal, guess what's coming for you? The loop. Um, either way, so, so look right at me. Again, you have to imagine this series is designed for a 911, and you'll be there right now, but you, ha- but if you, can, you can prevent the 911 if you just, if you're willing to just admit some of the stuff I'm going to talk about in Sermon 1. You have to at least, if that's your normal, just acknowledge today, yes. It's going to be hard for some of you, but yes, my goal has been safe distance, not safe connection. You want safe connection? So, what do we do now, James? Good question. We have to dig a little bit. We've got to unearth some things. If your goal is disconnection, there's a reason. I'm gonna tell you what the reason is. But at first you won't believe me, so you just have to trust your pastor. Trust the word of God. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Hmm. So love, if, I, if Colossians 3 says put on love, 
if I'm creating safe distance, there's fear. Hmm. That's, I, need to, I need to think that way. Uh, fear, what? Fear, fear you won't be loved. Fear of loss, fear of the future, fear of pain, uh, fear of becoming like your parents, fear of abandonment, fear of hurt, of what's gonna happen when, when I don't want to feel fear. So when you're feeling fear, what's not on right now? Love. Oh, well, yeah, don't do that. Just, just, just go with me. Your love isn't on. And if someone doesn't realize or want to deal with their fear, their only hope is to make others, your spouse, or if you're unmarried, your community group, your pastor, your, your CG, uh, the solution. So think about this to me. When there's a fear without love, you're essentially saying to your spouse, you deal with this fear. I don't want to. I actually don't feel like I, I should, right? I, I don't have the power to. So then watch what you're doing. What you're doing in that moment is, is you're saying, I need to find someone, specifically spouse who's in front of me, to give me your power. So I need you, spouse, to protect me, make me feel happy, and listen, and take responsibility for my life. The only way you've learned to get this need satisfied, to not feel the fear, the only way you've learned how to deal with this is control. You manipulate. So here comes the loop. You ready for the loop? Control is interesting, okay? Uh, it, it can be as raging as a bear, and it can be as like, you know, sweet as like a little cat, but both have the same root, fear. So, so here's the mindset in the loop. Just stay with me. Hold all these thoughts together. The best way to get you to work on my life is to act miserable, right? So the more miserable I am, spouse, the more you will have to try to make me feel better. That's the loop. You just entered to, there's no love, and it, it, it's, you exist to make me happy and I exist to make you happy and you gotta deal with my fear. So let me say it this way, a spouse living in fear who feels powerless, and we all at times feel powerless, so don't, don't you know, label yourself too quickly, but a, a, a spouse living in fear who feels powerless, who needs to control, they're gonna do all kinds of things. They're gonna do all kinds of things to say the more miserable I am, the more you're gonna have to make me feel better. And so here, here's what you'll see, here's what I've seen in many marriages, You'll, you'll nag, right? Some, some, you'll just, it's just this constant nag. Or how many of you in your marriage, you don't look at each other yet, uh, it's, it's you'll, you'll pout, you'll retreat, right? Um, you'll escape, right? things you shouldn't be watching, alcohol. Um, but all what you're doing is, is you're saying the best way to get you to work on my life is to act miserable. And, and so stay with me, because everyone is like, ah, uh, I swear you have cameras. Like, so, so listen, most marriages experience the same problems. So just take a deep breath. You're not alone. You're not alone. Look right at me. I know... 
I just want to show you the love of Jesus for you. You are not alone. But what's happening is you're completely unaware of your goal. Your goal isn't connection, it's safe distance. And be, the reason that's there is there's been some fears. And listen, what I want to do in this series is show us where those fears often originated and how often most fears actually are lies we believe about God. If Colossians 3 is true and our connection with God actually comes into our relationships and our marriages, if you don't believe rightly about who God says you are and who God is for you, you'll bring that into your marriage. So, 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 James, man, I'm hearing you. I don't like this. I actually wanted you to fix them. Kind of sounds like you're saying, don't do that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, what, so, so let me just, let me remind you of the goal. What, what is the goal I should have? Let me show you. It's really, really clear. The Bible is not confusing on this issue. There's one goal. I'm going to read it to you from a few passages. These will be on the screen. Genesis 2. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become, what's our word, sure? One flesh. One person. Deep, heavenly, Trinitarian connection, friendship, oneness. Not happiness, oneness, connection, relational. And I, I know you got your list, but stay with me. Malachi 2 says this, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. What you, what you feel, what you love. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart, do not be unfaithful to your wife. He, the father's not shy about his heart. He created the union of marriage. So you got to hear this. He created the union of his marriage in the reflection of the Trinity, which is this beautiful relational life. So what is he saying? So what is he saying? Why is he saying about children and all that kind of thing? Here's what he's saying. He longs to image his heart through your marriage union, which impacts generations. Your marriage, in other words, has value in the kingdom of heaven, in, in, in the kingdom realm. L listen, I, I didn't say this in the outdoor gathering, but uh, if, uh, if your kids are just flying off the handle and are just, there's probably lots of reasons, but if you're coming to see me in counseling, I'm wondering if that disconnection with you stems from a, disconnection from your one another. Your union, it's, it's in the kingdom realm. Uh, Ephesians 5, we'll get to this in Sermon 3. It's meant to reflect the union of Jesus and his church. What's the point? Union, union, unity, unity. 
So what's the goal of your marriage? One, unity, union, connection. It's it's all this unconditional God connecting with us as we represent him to one another. So let me say that again. God's connection with us, Colossians 3, as we represent him to the spouse, to the children, to, it goes on and on and on, is our purpose. If your connection with how you relate to the Trinity isn't in this abiding and living love and life of your union, it will reflect in your marriage. If the union and the oneness and the abiding life is not present with you, you will try to find all that fear stuff with her and you'll never, or him, and you will never love with Trinitarian love. Because what you'll do is you'll read all the Colossians 3 stuff and go, "Mm -mm, look baby, it says submit, no. Eh, wrong. You know what that word actually means? It doesn't even mean that the way you think it means. I wrote it here. I don't know who I'm yelling at, but I love you. Um, it means supportive or attached. It, 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 your relationship is about union. It's Trinitarian love you're to reflect. So, so here's what you have to do today. If you, if you want to keep going, listen, if you want to find another church for the next four weeks, that's your decision. I can't manage your choices. But if you want to see a healthy marriage and you want to tighten the knot, then you've got to trust what I'm saying to you right now. You have to take off the framework. It's a curse, by the way. It's my job to make you happy and your job to make me happy. That's a curse on your marriage. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. So teenagers, if, if you're in a relationship and you feel like the purpose of, 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 of oh, our love is to make each other happy, not, it's not going to work. You know what's going to do? If that's your purpose, all you're going to have is, is power exchange. Powerless, power, dun, 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 cycle, loop, loop, loop. Mm, mm. James, James, I'm kind of angry right now. <laughs> I, I, that's fine. Um, and I'm frustrated. I'm depressed, and it feels like you don't care. Listen, listen. I just have to preach to a camera right now. Um, so if I was sitting in front of you, I would probably have a lot of tears with you, but, but, but uh, you have to hear me right now. You're not angry and frustrated and depressed because of them. You have to believe me. Why? Why do I say that? Because the power you're saying is over there, not with me. Think about that. If I'm, if, if, if I'm not saying there's, you know, if you choose to be a victim and stay in a place of powerlessness, let, let me say it this way. I'm not saying their stuff isn't a reasonable, hurtful, and, and needs to change. I'm not talking about, you know, there's bad church counsel out there that's like, oh, he's hitting you? Just stay in it, girl. Like, no. I'm not talking about, like, those extreme stuff. So don't Don't allow your hearing to put me in like the what if situation. I'm talking to you um, and what you need to hear is that Jesus isn't going to swoop in unless you're ready to take responsibility for your own life. And, And you should because you're valuable. 
Sometimes the fear in your marriage is an unbelief that, you've, that you're valuable. You're valuable. We'll talk about boundaries in the Father next week, but I need to take you to a passage that I have to hold you to, okay? So look right at me. Uh, in John chapter 5, Jesus comes down after spending some time with the Father, uh, pool of Bethesda, lots of sick people. There's someone who's been there for 38 years, okay? So you might, you might be in a marriage for 38 years, and you feel like you're paralyzed for 38 years. So this guy's paralyzed for 38 years. He's really sick, and Jesus knows he's going to heal him. He knows it. Father told him, we're healing. 38-year-old, I mean 38-year-old, 38 years guy. But Jesus doesn't go, you know what, I got this. Bam! What does Jesus do? Notice what he does. This might be on the screen. I forget if I sent you this. He asks a question, do you want to be healed? In Mark 10, this is the other one. In Mark 10, same thing. Blind Bartimaeus, blind. Super blind. They even named him blind. How blind is he? He named... His name is Blind Bartimaeus. Do you know what question Jesus asked Blind Bartimaeus? Listen to this question and then think about what I'm saying to you about your marriage. Jesus, the most loving person on planet Earth, who loves you, rose for you, you have his resurrection power in you. Listen to, listen to the question he asks. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, it makes me want to cry. Why does Jesus do that? You know why? Participation restores, it imparts value. He had to own his own healing because he, was, he had to see in his own eyes, I'm valuable. It's so important for you to pause here and take a deep breath. And you got to answer that question. Um, if you're like, if you're always that person who's, uh, you, I mean, every spouse, is, you, you, you just feel like, I want out of this situation that somebody else has created for me. The moment you say that, you're in fear. You're the victim. Um, and if you think, I'm at, I want to bounce, I'm out. I just, I have some news for you. Everywhere you go, this is going to be so profound, you go with you. You go with you. And you're just going to pull out the same stuff in someone else. So in her book, Before You Split, uh, she recommended by Mark Clark, 
Which my wonderful wife, she just keeps helping me with so many things. Uh, she calls this stuff in her own heart mud. The fear's mud. But listen to her, listen to what she says. If you're struggling to communicate or connect with each other, and if you also have a tendency to overreact, okay, here's the loop, stay detached or hide or mask your feelings, chances are you got some mud too. So maybe your spouse is saying or doing things that expose the muddy lies buried in you that tell you I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy of love. Yes, you feel hurt, and your spouse is the one right in front of you, so it's natural for you to conclude that it's your spouse causing all your pain, when in reality, the mud you unknowingly brought into your marriage is playing a role too. That's all I want to see in this first sermon together. So, so here's what we're going to do. Um, again, uh, my job, I can't manage you. I can't make this decision for you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to say to you, you have been given the tender Holy Spirit. And he's a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and control. And so uh, I have two places of homework for you. Okay, here they are. Again, you take responsibility for your marriage. Um, this is number one. Find a place together, so you're doing this together, where you won't be interrupted for at least 45 minutes. And, and here's the thing, make it a place of common joy, like a pub you love to go to, a walk you love to go on. Uh, we'll get into uh, brain science and, and the, the, the connecting part of our brain, which is actually a huge breakthrough in brain science, uh, is that we have an attachment part of our brain connected to the right brain, which is your joy center, your feelings. And so in, in a few weeks, I'm going to give you an activity called um, uh, eye smiling, where you have to look at your spouse for five minutes and just stare at their eyes. Some of you haven't done that in years. But your right brain is going to release. Did you know that the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul? And what, is it else? what else does it say? Oh, yeah, your, your brain science. Anyways, different sermon. Um, but find a place that you find common joy. Breathe, pray, invite the Holy Spirit who's tender and loves you. Read Colossians 3 if you can. And then I want you to ask one question. It's going to be followed up by a second, but this is only two questions. So homework one is two questions. Sit down, even if you're not 911, and you're going to ask this question. What is the current goal of our marriage? Just ask that question. What is the current goal of our marriage? And don't, don't, get, you know, don't get defeated don't be like, well, oh my goodness, here's my list. This is, you know, don't, don't do that. Just have a connection. The goal of communication is not being right or proving a point, it's understanding. Understand, have a connection, put love on. Just what is the current goal of our marriage? And then the second question is this, is that goal something we wanna keep? You can't partner Actually, you should probably, with this one, say, hey, let's, let's, let's not keep that. But you have to ask the question, because you've partnered with that goal for so long, it's actually become the way of life you've lived your marriage. If you've been in marriage for like 20 years, and you have never dealt with fear, and you've lived in loop after loop after loop after loop, and listen, we're not always going to always be healed. There's going to be loops, even if you're the healthy, as healthy as you can be. Jesus is always going to be 
doing that. But what I am saying is you have to break partnership with and say, you have to answer this second question. You can't just have a discussion about what is the current goal. You have to ask the second question, is this something we want to change? Because that's what repentance is. You know, like in Colossians, Colossians, we're going to keep going to Colossians 3, but it's like, hey, you're no longer, uh, <laughs> you're no, like, he's like, remind yourself that you're dead to this stuff. Um, okay, and then this is the second part, and this is going to be the hardest part, okay? Um, so breathe. But you won't actually be able to take steps of that first one if, you, if you're not ready to admit and repent. You have to admit and repent. Even some of the healthiest marriages, you gotta look at each other. You gotta say stuff like, I never realized I was needing from you, not Jesus, to give me your power to protect me, to make me happy, and take responsibility for my life. I just, you just gotta say, I just, I never knew I was doing that. I didn't realize my love for you was actually dependent on being loved in return. I, I, you know, I've heard that and I've, I've, but man, in my soul, like if you didn't love me and my love was very dependent on whether you loved me and, and I'm really sorry, that sucks. And I, and admit, you just say, I want union again. I want oneness. I want this goal. I want to build and protect connection. And then you got to say a really brave sentence that will bring so much healing. So, so all the wives right now are like, I hope he says this to me. Um, but, but wives, for some reason, I got to say this, you might need to be the first to say this one. Um, it's not my job to control you. I think you have to say that sentence out loud to your spouse. Yep. And then just, just cry together, repent, ask each other, hey, do you want to be healed? And then, you know what, you can do this this week if you want. I'll give you some free stuff. Uh, that we weren't going to do this until next week. But if, you, if, if that really, I mean, if you just do that, praise God, that's incredible. That would be like massive in so many marriages if you can get to that. Um, but what you should also be thinking as I'm preaching is, hey, I wonder what lies I am believing or what fears do I have when I'm in the loop? And so here, here, here's the thing you gotta, you gotta get, you know, personal reflection, I actually wrote that, That's, I, I wanna change that. You don't wanna do personal reflection. Personal reflection isn't helpful because your heart is deceived. What you wanna do um, is godly listening. You don't need to come up with the answers, okay? So much counseling doesn't work. Oh, this is gonna be brave. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna say a brave sentence. You know, I'm going on sabbatical in four weeks. We should be fine, okay? 
Uh, a lot of counseling doesn't work, and here's why it doesn't work. The answers you come up with are actually in your deceitful heart. You need God to tell you what the answer is. You need to tell, so, so you need to ask Jesus, this should be prayerful reflection or prayerful listening. You need to ask Jesus, what fears do I have when we're in the loop? And wait. He'll speak to you in the word, but don't answer it. He needs to answer it. What lies am I believing about myself when I have that fear? That one he will answer right away. Because he loves to answer. He loves to tell you where you don't believe the gospel. He loves to tell you where Romans 8 doesn't have any role in your life. He, he loves to tell you the lies you believe about yourself because the lie most often is I'm not lovable. And then you go, you know what? That's a lie. So what does the Bible say about me? What does the Father say to me? What's Jesus done for me? What's the resurrection power I'm in? Maybe I should believe what God thinks about me. What if, what if in your marriage you started believing what God believes about you and all of a sudden your connection with God actually begins to reflect in your union. So that's where we're going. The next few weeks are gonna be Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Because the stuff you bring into your marriage oftentimes is rooted in the lies you believe about God. I, let me say this again. Um, the elders are fasting, which means you have some, let me say it this way, there's a supernatural you, you can actually have uh, in the kingdom of heaven. Um, there, there's not a marriage at the shore that I'm nervous about. Okay, now I know I'm done. Time's up. Let me say this last thing. It, it's not your job to control your marriage. You don't get to control others, and that's okay. He loves you. He's for you. He's not going to push this or rush this. So don't move to, let me say it this way, begin with your connection with God. Some of you are just like, okay, let's, you know what, this might work, let's just try this out, let's, let's do the list. That's not the essence of this sermon. This, the essence of this sermon isn't like, all right, let's listen to it and let's do the things. If, you're, if your connection with God isn't from where you're doing this, and you make it about law and not love, you're still controlling it. You have to let go of control. Let me pray. So Jesus, I just thank you now for 
your love for every marriage here. Lord, I, I just I pray that you would help those right now who feel hope but also have the critical spirit of, yeah, this probably won't work either. Would you, would you just bring that question to Bartimaeus, that you said to Bartimaeus right to them right now? Just increase faith. Help us to put on love. To begin in, in this time with you a realization that I haven't been taking responsibility for me. I've been putting that on you. Spouse, church, pastor, CG. And I get angry when you don't give me the solution. I'm telling you and I'm communicating to you that you're not valuable when I do that. <sighs> Father, I just ask now that you would fill the shore with this spirit of power and of love and of self-control for that is the very spirit within us. And I bless the shore in the name of Jesus with healing. And any spirit of death assigned to marriages, we command you off to not return. In Jesus' name, amen.